And this is where Don and Sue go out for a pleasant evening. What's up, people? Welcome to another edition of This is LuchaPod. I am, of course, the ever-glorious, ever-awesome and ever-so-dashing host, Costa K. And I'm joined by somebody who, on later on on this podcast, you'll discover why, is now known as the Vince Russo of Lucha. My co-host, my rival, my bane of my life, Darcy Stone. I can't even dispute that, though. I mean, they, they'll, they'll hear it later on, but yeah, I can't. But um, I, I am really glad to be back. I did have, obviously, last last episode, I unfortunately couldn't make oh, it. Oh, God, it's all about you already. Fucking hell. Like, I mean, just oh, let me have it. this. Let me have it. Who was it? Bacon Jr. stepped in because I couldn't record last week. And I um, he made me feel quite humbled. He bigged me up and uh, I feel like, you know what, you got your work cut out of you, so he kind of overshadowed you a little bit. Mm. So I suppose I should do the nice thing for a minute here and actually ask how you're doing. I'm doing very well. I had a very difficult week after surgery, but today I went to see my knee consultant and I am officially cleared to wrestle from January. Oh. I was expecting more of a, you know, <laughs> um, celebration. Yeah, if, I, if we can be bothered, maybe we'll put in like a big cheer for when you when you say that. Just, in just a sad, but I, I, party popper. Yeah, I quite I quite like my reaction better. Um, but no, that's I suppose technically that's good news um, for you. I don't know about the wrestling world, but it's it's good news for you. Um, glad you're healthy. You know, as much as as much as we. We like to josh each other on the old pod, uh, you know, don't want you to die or anything. Um, I mean, that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the that's the basis of most of my, like, close friendships. I, like, I don't like anyone, but I also don't want anyone to die. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a nice way of putting it. Uh, <laughs> very... You don't want anyone near you, but you don't want to deal with their death. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you could put that in a Disney movie, but maybe Marvel. They would definitely cover that. Mm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, cool. Good news. Darcy Stone uh, will be back in uh, wrestling in January, if wrestling is even back in January. We'll see. I'll make it a thing. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot kind of going on on the pod today. We've got a very special guest lined up, the man who holds the title of most reigns as Lucha Britannia champion. Uh, some will know him as Voodoo, others as Santeria. We know him as Berry, and he is on the pod today, and that is coming up in just a little bit. And within that, you will actually get to hear the reveal of last episode's Malik mystery. We would normally would do that now, but... He kind of stole our thunder, didn't he? He was like, no, yeah. I'm doing it. Yeah, he kind of he kind of stole the pop, but that's fine. We we're very giving on this podcast. We we <laughs> let him we'll let him have that one. So uh, stay tuned for the reveal of the latest edition of Malik Mysteries. And yeah, I suppose he was kind of owed that after you know he actually 
uh, made us the jingle for Malik Mysteries. So there you go. Yeah, he deserves that. It's a great jingle. Absolutely. Uh, and also coming up, we have uh, another edition of the Culture Exchange. But before we get into all of that, uh, I want to talk a little about uh, the current goings on in the wrestling world. I'm so excited that there are current goings on. Yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, we don't normally talk a lot about uh, current goings on because, you know, for for the most part, unfortunately, there's been a lot of... Uh, some, a lot of negativity, but also just a lot of like very heavy stuff, which we mm-hmm. we, tr- we try not to go too into on this podcast because we like to keep it lighthearted, just take people's minds off of uh, all of the craziness in the world. Uh, but this week, there's something in particular I would quite like to talk about, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. Okay, tell me. I have two words for you. Raw underground. Okay, judging by your laughter, I'm going to assume either you haven't watched it or you don't care for it. I honestly, I haven't watched it. I'm going to be straight up and honest. I haven't watched wrestling in a good. I've watched Rev Pro and some Stardom, and that is it. So please enlighten me. Well, you've stolen my segue because I was going to get to a little bit of something else in a little bit as well. But in regards to Raw Underground, this is the new concept that WWE kind of have had going on i heard about it a few a month or two ago whenever it was they started it uh and i started dipping into like just checking like little clips out and whatnot and it looked kind of interesting it looked a lot like fight club type thing that they got going on um but yeah i i quite like it <laughs> from the, from the bits and bobs yeah. that i've seen of it i rather enjoy it it's just wrestlers in a dingy ring with no ropes uh Obviously, it's it's a work like it's made. It's presented like it's a shoot fight, but it's you know it's a work shoot, uh, which there's nothing wrong with uh, because it's different. It you know, given everything in wrestling right now and how you know there's still no fans in the arenas as much as they've got you know their big Thunderdome thing going on right now. It's not quite the same without fans, so it's good to try different things, and they're doing that. And yeah, personally, I I don't mind it. I'm not completely against it. But since you haven't watched it, we can't really debate it too much. So I'm going to move swiftly on. I will tell you what, for next time, in two weeks' time, I will keep up to date with it and give you my brief thoughts. Yeah, let's know what you think of a bit of Raw Underground. Um, But yeah, the other other goings on, there's there's, there's two other things that I kind of wanted to touch on. Uh, The first being uh, our boy, uh, Mr. Prince of Pop, Prince of Pace. Callum Newman uh, was on the RevPro tapings. Uh, on taping one, uh, he was uh, dropped on his head by one Dan Maloney. Uh, <laughs> A few times. On, yeah. And on that same taping, uh, another Lucha uh, alumnus of our, well, I say alumnus, the, the current Lucha person, I guess is the word, uh, Aaliyah James, also on there as well. Uh, I believe she beat uh, Bobby Tyler on the debut she show. She did. She was fantastic, actually. Really, really yep. impressed. And then on the latest one, uh, our boy Callum was in a big-time singles match with our other boy, Will Ospreay. That's a match everyone has been asking for since Callum started to get a bit of traction. And I, I haven't watched it because it was only a few days ago. 
um but i have plans to watch it tonight so i'm so excited to see that yeah i mean i i've not had the chance to watch it yet either but i will be watching it very soon um but yeah obviously you know i can't talk about what actually happened because i've not seen it but in terms of just that match being on especially in a in the climate of what's going on right now where like these shows are in front of nobody that's a that's pretty crazy if you are like that this I don't know if dream match is the right word because to me a dream match insinuates it's like two legendary wrestlers who have never touched before and things like that. So yeah, it's a, it's a fan it's a fan requested match. Like as I said, yeah. so many people have been asking for it and they've it's finally happened. And I think it is bizarre that it's happened with no like crowd because I think the crowd was so hot for it. But I, as I said, I haven't watched it, so I can't tell. But I know them two will put on like an outstanding match so and there's always room for more matches yeah absolutely i mean it's it's one of them things i think in like years to come when the two of them are probably stood across from each other in the tokyo dome inevitably uh they'll be looking back and be like man the first time we ever wrestled was in front of nobody now we're in the tokyo dome exactly yeah so, you know it's quite, quite crazy when you think about that um and then the final uh going on in wrestling that i have to talk about is uh, another one of my boys, uh, Brother Kip, uh, over in AE Dubs, yes. uh, was announcing the best man for his upcoming nuptials to uh, Ms. Penelope Ford. And very much to my surprise, his best man is none other than a gentleman whose career I've followed for many years now and been a huge fan of. Uh, I've always known him as my boy Ruru, but I suppose from now on we have to. We'll be calling him Miro. Uh, the man formerly known as Rusev has now gone to AEW and is uh, Kip's best man. I so I was a huge fan of Rusev the first time he came out. I loved all the storyline. I loved like all the like fake political stuff, and also Miguel Lana, who I've cosplayed several times. Um, so I. I had no idea, and when I watched it, I was like, who the hell is Miro? And then I was like, oh, my God. So, yeah, big pop for me. Love it. Absolutely love it. Can't wait to see everything unfold. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait to see what they do uh, with Miro in AEW, but I am also very, very much looking forward to the uh, to the bachelor party uh, that hell Miro yeah. is bound to throw. Uh, I'm just, me and, me and some of the other boys, we're waiting for our invitations, and, and we're going to have to get in touch because... Uh, I, I don't think Miro has my uh, my forwarding address, so we'll, we'll work it out. Well, well, I'm sure he's listening. Yeah, I'm sure he's listening. I'll <laughs> He'll have. Be listening. I'll, well, I'll, I'll just get in touch with Kip and get get him to sort it out. I, we'll work it out. Yeah, my people are all his people. I'm sure uh, he'll be invited. It's fine. Well, I fucking better be. Fucking, <laughs> well, just I'll be offended. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was really cool. Like I said, huge Miro slash Rusev fan. Um, uh, he's sporting a new uh, hair hairdo, looking a bit. Uh, I've seen some funny memes saying that he looks a bit like the Slim Shady, which is uh, which has popped me a little bit. I'm I sure. Thought, I don't know if that's what he was going dapper. for. Yeah, I don't know if that's what he was going for, but I rather enjoyed the memes. So, uh, yeah, well done, uh, AEW. Great get. Yeah, fantastic. Um, now, I think. We're pretty much ready now to uh, to head over to our first segment of the show, unless you have uh, anything you want to contribute or add, Russo. Uh, no, 
I'm I'm quite keen to head one over to the Dom, Tom Dawkins section um, cool. and hear everything that you guys spoke about with his cultural exchange. Cool. Well, we'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, just so everybody knows, today we are going to do that and then you're going to go straight from there, straight into our interview with Berry, a.k.a. Voodoo, a.k.a. Santeria. Uh, so enjoy the rest of the podcast, guys, and we will... Well, I'll, you'll hear me in just a few moments with Tom, and then you'll hear uh, Darcy again when we're talking to Barry. So there you go. That's the magic of podcasting right there. Brilliant. I love editing. Edits. All the editing. <laughs> um, but yeah, in the meantime, we're going to send it over now to me talking with Tom about the cultural piece of footage that he gave me, uh, and it's called Strange Fish. And well, I'm not going to tell you what it's about because you're about to hear me do that just now. So, yeah, enjoy the culture exchange. So, Costa, the the piece that I've given you this week, um, just to give you some like background, I studied this at A level, so I know this piece very well. Um, and it really kind of opened my eyes to uh, a contemporary dance and things that we could do. Uh, so this is uh, Strange Fish by a company called DVA. Now DVA are uh, still around and they still work and they still produce work. Um, they do have a lot of controversial pieces currently out um, that uh, people are not necessarily very keen on, but um, that, that's not what we're discussing today. This piece was originally shot by the BBC, again, I've realised, uh, in uh, uh, 1992. And, um, yeah, so the, the point of the piece really is to... Oh, oh I, 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 do you know what? I'm not even going to do that. I'm just going to go straight into what are your first thoughts? So this piece is what, 48 minutes, something like that. Um, so this is the longest uh, uh, longest uh, thing that I've given you to watch. So what was your first initial thoughts? Um, 46 bloody minutes. That's what my initial thought was. Are you taking the piss? Is this a rib? Have I done something to offend you? 46 fucking minutes. What is wrong with you? Well, it doesn't feel like 46 minutes when you watch it, right? No, it feels like like 76 minutes, like 46 minutes. <laughs> You're having a fucking bubble. Come on now. That's too long for, for anything. Okay. I, I, right. Okay. Anyway, I've got that out of my system a bit. <laughs> I might come I might come back to that if I get riled up so, again. But other than anyway. the time, so like just just to kind of like uh, uh yes, the tone sorry. of what we were doing. Um so the point of this piece is to explore um uh love and love for someone and um and uh, and someone to believing as well. Um it's uh, explores couples and groups and the pain of uh, being alone as well, and, um, you know, the fear of being alone. It's kind of like a mixture of, like, humour. Uh, it's got a lot of religious iconography when I rewatched this. I completely forgot about that, but, yeah, there's yep. so much religious iconography, and it's very much contemporary dance piece. There is uh, there is speaking and stuff like that in there, uh, 
and there is a section that I'd like to get to at some point. But yeah, it, it's kind of trying to push the boundaries of what would be seen as con- uh, traditional contemporary dance. So going from that point, so what did you like, Costa? What didn't you like? Well, well, hang on, you've jumped the gun on me a little bit there. Let oh. me just talk about that the beginning of this and like because I didn't actually say what my first thoughts on this were. Oh, sorry. So, but once it no no it's fine. So once it actually like once I actually finally plucked up the courage to press play on this 46 minute marathon um (laughs) at first i thought they weren't going to be speaking the whole way through because they they don't speak in much of it they do pick up speaking later on but at first i was like oh okay it's going to be a silent thing and then when the thing actually kicked in and the music started and it was it had the there was very church like vibes and a lot of religious iconography like you said um, I thought this was like a Spanish piece at first because of the music, because it sa- sounded a bit south. Not no, not the beginning part, but later on it got a little bit salsa. It's got a lot of Latin uh, yeah. influence in, yeah, but definitely. That, that was kind of my first vibe, but then I realised later on it was actually not Spanish. Um, it was just had a bit of like that influence in the music. Uh, but at first, yeah, I thought it was going to be a Spanish-type movie with subtitles or something, but then I realised there's very little speaking. It wasn't until... Um, I can't remember when. It's about halfway through the thing where the guy whose name is, hold on, Nigel, when he... Yes, Nigel. I forgot thing. his name. Yes, go yeah, on. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about him properly in a minute. But when he comes in, he starts speaking. I That's when I realise, oh, no, this is English because he's speaking in English. Uh, and I'll get again, I'll get to him properly in a little bit. But, yeah, so my initial thought was, oh, God, there's no talking in this thing. <laughs> I have to sit through this now. Um, then they start dancing. And it, another thing that the music kind of gave, I don't know if you felt this at all, or if it's just me being a bit silly, but at, at the opening tune, where it was so sort of dark and a little bit kind of religious-y, it gave me a little bit of a flashback to like the opening uh, or one of like the theatrical scenes you get in the Tekken games. I was expecting like a fight to kick off like in within a few minutes because it was like all dark and mystic. And then I was just mm. expecting, I don't know, one of the darker scenes in Tekken. Sure. I don't know that reference, but yeah, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so in regards to like what I liked, what I didn't like, uh, obviously I didn't like how long it was um 46 well, you've minutes. said you've said that already yes yeah, so yeah well you, you know I, I it needs saying again um <laughs> um so yeah it i i think before i can really get into what i liked and what i didn't like like let me break down kind of what i saw i guess and like how how well, it we, out my mind why don't we skip to one of the more iconic scenes the like okay. for example the party scene for me yeah is like the really big influence. I like I like the rest of it, but then, you know, that's the one that sticks in my mind. And that's what I always remember. And that's why I kind of still use in my P and when I'm wrestling, there's a lot of influence from that party scene. So, so explain to me like what you thought of the party scene and where that went. Well, it's funny actually, because the party scene was the first part of, and that's, that doesn't come in till maybe halfway through, yeah. maybe a little bit before halfway. Um, but, that scene up until that point i did not understand what this was about like what they were trying to do it just felt like kind of random and just nothing was really registering with me apart from one little bit beforehand where there was um actually this might have been in the party bit i can't remember um but there was a part where um where is it? Sorry, I'm just checking my notes because this was 46 minutes. I had to make notes. <laughs> um, did I mention it was 46 minutes? Cool. Yeah, I'm just yeah. 
so yeah, so seven minutes in, I was still very. I, I've literally wrote here seven minutes in. I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> then below that, I've written. Uh, I'm just going to read a few of these actually because they, I, I think they're quite funny. So there was a blonde lady, um, and she was like following a gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And the gentleman, I've named them. I've named them Blondie and the Fonz. Um, now Blondie fancies the Fonz, but her mates are like stopping her from getting near him through dance, and like that kind of, I it's cock blocking basically. Um, so yeah, that was kind of the only bit of thing I got before the party. Then the party bit started, and that's when uh, Nigel entered. And Nigel, when he first comes in, he's so Nigel. To anyone who you know doesn't want to watch this, I'm going to give you the. <laughs> I, don't, I don't blame you. It's 46 minutes of your life that you're not going to get back. Um, but anyway, Nigel comes in, <laughs> and he's a very excitable, spiky-haired, blonde gentleman. I'd say he's maybe middle-aged, maybe just below middle-aged. I couldn't. It's quite an old-looking piece. It was it's, hard to it's tell. It's 90s mid, in middle age. He's probably like 20. But yeah, sure. Yeah. It, well, no, no. I just, it's like <laughs> no, no. I mean, through the because it's an old piece, the screen looked a bit fuzzy at points, so it was hard yeah, to tell. Tiny too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he was this guy, and he appeared, and he was talking so fast that it took me about two minutes before I realised he was even speaking English. I thought he was like gibberish talking. Like I thought he was talking like. Um, you know, uh, like Charlie Brown's teacher. Did you ever used to watch Snoopy as a kid? Yeah, I think I know you're on about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Charlie Brown's mum or his teacher. They used to just go wah 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 wah. That was how they would. I thought he was basically just talking in gibberish because that it was an artistic thing. Then I realised, oh no, he's a northerner. They all talk like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! No, no. Look, look. I have many friends from the Keep north. Keep going. They, they, talk, they talk weird. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, so this guy was like a cross between Pee Wee Herman and oh, actually, this is the best way of describing how he talked. It, the way his voice was like racing so fast, it reminded me of what, like a character in The Sims in the game The Sims. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. And then under that, I've just written, "Oh fuck, mm-hmm. he's talking in English." Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so. What did you think of the party? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, that was a long, that was a long segue. Jesus. Um, the party was interesting because yeah. that's where Nigel kind of becomes like, I guess, the main focus of this uh, scene because he's kind of running around skittish and trying to talk to everyone and keeps reintroducing himself and all these things. And that was, again, where i going a little more serious. Now, this is where I kind of started to actually pick up on, oh, they are trying to actually portray something here. Now, whether this is what it was, I don't know. But yeah. for me, it Before felt that a point, lot like... they weren't trying to portray anything. They well, were just I'm sure they around, were. Yeah? I'm sure they were, but I just didn't pick up on anything before that, apart from a blondie being cock blocked by her mates when she was after the Fonz. But that was, you know, that was then. This is now. Um, but anyway, so I, look, I'm trying to get a bit more serious, but you're 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 segueing me again. I'm not. <laughs> you're you're just yeah. Go on. Anyway, five minute review. This is going to be well, fucking you deserve it. 46 minutes. This was, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, serious talk. So, Nigel, um, to me, symbolized social anxiety a little bit, where yeah. he's just 
he's so keen to make a good impression and like he just wants to be friends with everyone but everyone there is like keeping to themselves and it's a lot like real life where when you go to well even if you've not gone out anywhere when you're in a social situation you tend to more often than not stick with who you know very kind of rare that you kind of branch out of your social group or your clique or whatever uh, whatever you want to call it and mm-hmm. nigel was kind of a loner and i I'm pretty certain he was meant to be the host of the party, I, I think. Um, I could be wrong on that. But he, he, sure, he but... first came out and he was like, I think he came out and he was on the stage. So that was kind of what gave me the impression that he brought them all there so that maybe he could make friends. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm reading too much into that. Um, but anyway, yeah, so he's kind of like dotting around, like just rapid fire, moving from person to person, trying to become friends with people. And then it kind of progresses to the point where he's like getting between couples, like couples are dancing and he like pushes his way between them and he's trying to talk to the woman. And then it kind of gets dark after that. But that's kind of like the main thing of the party. Everyone's kind of ignoring this guy. Yeah, it gets dark. And then he tries to separate the two couple, right? You know, yes. I, 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 I remember that bit as well. He literally ends up stand, trying to wedge his way in between this like romantic scene and then push them apart because he just wants to be have some connection because he's been starved of it, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this piece now reflects more, especially now we're in a digital age and we've gone through lockdown and everything like that. Desperation for, for, for connection is really important. And I, I think that... I love I love that that scene because even the way that he's really yeah for the only people person that talks right, but everyone else they interact with each other and they do this like shimmy to indicate that they're talking to each other from side to side and I really like that and it's kind of uh, like that's one of those movements that's really drawn into this physical theatre. I'm just standing here doing it while I'm talking by the way um, <laughs> the shimmy. Um, uh, and then it goes into his, uh, like Nigel's, particularly if we're following his story or his linear story. Then he finds a partner who he's so desperate for connection that he he ends up being with someone that's abusive and that neglects him. And she's really, really horrible to him, right? She beats him up, throws him around, walks away and teases him and then beats him up more. It's really dark, right? And it and it's and it's talk, you know, it covers a lot of social aspects of different types of relationships. And I think that that one stands out for me the most out of that entire piece. Well, the, the, it's weird though because that doesn't it, it then progresses to the point where he's like clinging to her and there's a point where she actually ends up speaking as well. She screams no. Yes. Because he's like grasping her. And I think that kind of not to get too too dark on this thing but it's like to me that kind of represented like the epitome of an abusive relationship where sometimes she was the abuser she was being horrible to him she was doing all this horrible stuff to him and it drove him to the point where he was like just wanting her to accept him but wouldn't let her go and blah 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 and then finally it in her mind he's the abuser now because he won't leave her alone interesting point yeah so that's kind of how it it felt to me it was like a a different perspectives on how abuse can be seen i guess um but yeah it was it was interesting how it kind of went for me anyway it was interesting how it went from a whole load of nothing (laughs) to oh okay something's happening now like um so that was Uh, kind of how i took it on a side note as well like uh, this piece particularly um i remember watching this in, in in college 
and when we did we did this piece i watched this piece and was like oh my god i can literally do anything can perform in any way and pick people up and move them around so me and this other guy who both liked wrestling would throw in wrestling moves throughout our our contemporary dance pieces um and um partly to you know to see if we can get away with it without any teachers seeing that we've just done suplex to feet uh <laughs> but it, it's um it made me realize that i could tell a story physically with my body you know yeah. i didn't have to say anything you know i know nigel that character did but no one else did and you know you can you pay attention more when there's silence and i really love that and that's kind of a philosophy that i've kind of taken from that and put into what i do now um but yeah, like I guess, what would you what 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 would you give this? What was your score of this? What what did you enjoy? Like like did you enjoy it? Was it that bad after forty six minutes, as you've told us? Um, so, well, one thing I, I've actually got noted here, just above Go my on. final thoughts on it, uh, just to point out, there's a part right near the end where uh, you know the part where they're under like the floorboards and things, and like people would I think are meant to be dead. Um, yes. But then she comes out of the water, and she's alive. That <laughs> a little silly thing. That just kind of reminded me of an, uh, a thing you get with the Undertaker. It's like the hand comes up out of the ground. Like he's alive after all. Um, so oh, the old uh, the it's the it's from um, the Carrie, the, the horror film with the uh, the girl that possibly I don't really watch horror films, but sure. Okay. Yes, I think it's um, at the end of that, and they've they've stolen that from Carrie. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so overall. I, I when it at, at the forty six and a half minute mark when it finished, uh, because it was very long. I don't know if I've mentioned that. How long was uh, it? I think it was forty six and a half minutes or so, something like oh, that. Oh really? I didn't know. Yeah. That. Um, my my, I literally said out loud, "Thank fuck, that's over." Um, <laughs> I was very very happy. You know how on the other ones I I usually say to you like I wasn't sad when it was finished. I was very happy when this one finished. This one I I that was the best bit, the finish, the go home. Um, but if you know if I'm to stop being so pedantic for a minute, <laughs> it did tell a bit of a story, so I'll give it credit for that. Um, so I I see, I, I see a trend. You only like things with the story at the minute, yeah? Well, yeah. It's like if something if I'm watching something, I'm watching it because I want to feel something, right? Because I don't. There's no point for in really my, because you haven't felt anything so far. Well, that tells you more about the product than it does me. If I'm what? honest with you, really? Yeah, I enjoyed We All See. We All See. Yeah, see, I feel things. We All um, See is not. Yeah, it's not a feeling. It, it's annoying. It's um, it, 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 joy. Yeah. Joy is a feeling, Tom. So yeah, joy yeah. is a feeling. Um, you know. Anyway, this is my review. Can you, you know, just shut up? Um, so, <laughs> um, yeah, it is. It is a thing, though. I I like to watch something, and it doesn't even necessarily have to make me feel anything. It's more just I just want to have at least felt like I've been entertained in some way, whether it be. I mean, I'm not massively into horror films, but if you go to a horror film, you want to leave either feeling scared or feel like, oh, yeah, I got a thrill out of that. Or if you watch comedy films, you go because you want a laugh. This is, you know, this is why we're doing this thing so that I can see what these sorts of things are like, because this isn't True. something I would go out of my way to watch. And, you know, I don't know if I ever will become that way inclined, but it is interesting seeing it. 
Um, but having okay. said all of that, this was 46 and a half fucking minutes long. <laughs> you took 46 and a half minutes out of my life and I want them back. And for that reason, this piece of shite gets 0.5 of a star. I don't think you can give 0.5s, but sure, yeah, okay. We didn't, we okay, didn't establish well, the I rules. It'd be a 1 then. If you don't want me to give it a 0.5, I will give this a solid 0. It gets nothing from me. <laughs> the only reason it got 0.5 was because Nigel reminded me of a Sims character and the Fonz was in it briefly. And I was making up, basically, I was making up my own story for it as I was watching it. And that made it a bit more enjoyable uh, because I'm way more entertaining than these people are. Like, if you are li- like listening to this, like, like, please just go, like, at least watch the party scene. It starts about halfway through. Uh, like, it, it is like a really good piece. I understand why Costa's annoyed with it, but he's he's just wrong. <laughs> well, uh, I, well, actually, if you if you do watch it, or, or at least if you do watch that party scene and you see Nigel, tell me I'm wrong that you don't realise he's English straight away because I swear to God. That northern accent, just like I, I did not understand. No, no, it. it's, it's nothing to do with his Norman accent. He just speaks so fast. I thought he was. I thought it was a. a, a, a back back then, yeah. I, I think I, I maybe thought the same thing um, that he wasn't speaking English. Mm. But yeah, uh, zero stars. This you... piece. Um, I encourage everyone to not watch it but if you have if you feel like punishing yourself or a mate you know if you've got a, if you want to prank somebody and be like oh you got to see this great thing make them watch this and then <laughs> just watch their misery i feel like that's what tom's done to me if i'm honest with you and it's an important that's why. part of physical theater uh, and a, a important part of performance uh, I, I, I i yeah i think it's great i did a part of my whole qualification was built around this yeah uh, you just you just wait till your next assignment yeah, yeah, I've got I've got a group together. We're coming up with ideas. A group? Really? <laughs> no, I'm not really. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh dear, but I am. I'm gonna I'm gonna get you back for this. Forty six, just... forty six and a half minutes, Tom. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not it's sad. Insane. That I'm, is insane. I'm not, I'm not upset with you, Costa. I'm just really disappointed in you. I I, I couldn't give a fuck, mate. <laughs> uh, it's forty six and a half minutes. Uh, you can feel however you want. I feel pissed off that I've given. In fact, you know what? I'm gonna ki- I'm gonna kill kayfabe here. I've wa- I had to watch it twice. Twice <laughs> I watched this shit. So I've double six and a half minutes. My maths isn't very good, so someone help me out with that. That's over. That's over ninety minutes. That's, an, that's over an hour and a half. An hour and a half of my life went towards Nigel and God. Ah, uh, just. And now oh. it's richer. Now it's richer and you're a better human being. Uh, no, I'm still a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> I, I feel no better for having watched it. And I encourage everyone out there to use this as ways of torture. If they, ha- if, they if, if anything, actually, yes. While, uh, while we're on that subject, real quickly before we wrap this up, because we've spoken for quite a while on this, um, I'm against all forms of torture. But if we are going to torture people, use things like this. It's safer. Gets less blood on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I give up. <laughs> Can't give up. We have, we barely started. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is only your third one. I've only given you BBC stuff so far, just well, to ease you in. Well, I've literally exactly. been gentle. I, I'm going to go extreme now and give you some really weird stuff to watch, mate. Mate, 
this says a lot. I go back to the point I made the last time I reviewed one of your pieces, which was the bathtub uh, thing. The BBC need to sort their shit out and spend more time and effort making EastEnders really, really good again and less time on this crap. This is why the only good character left in EastEnders is like Phil Mitchell and Mick Carter, like Danny Dyer. He's great as well. But anyway, that we can do EastEnders now. I might, oh, I might give you EastEnders. I'm not going to watch it, am I? It's EastEnders. We're doing wrestling reviews. Oh, no, no. It's it's something. It's a cultural exchange. That's No, it's a cultural exchange. You're giving me wrestling. Anyway, this is done. <laughs> oh, I think I've broken him. Imagine. Custom-made professional wrestling gear. Imagine gear that doesn't ride up when you hit that perfect suplex. Now imagine gear that is perfect, but also 20% off. Um, why are you talking like that? I don't know, Costa. I can't stop. I'm just talking about good quality professional wrestling gear oh oh are you doing are you doing the advert i guess so i guess if you want good professional wrestling gear you need to head to vickstitch.co.uk yes that's right everyone you have to go to vickstitch.co.uk and if you are going to do an advert you need to do it in a good advert voice not a weird sexy mns voice that's right you go to vickstitch.co.uk you use that promo code LuchaPod, and you will get 20 percent off all custom-made wrestling gear but that's not all you will also get 20 percent off all pre-made gear as well as plain gear 20 percent off it is unbelievable value for money no, that's a terrible voice. You have to do it in the alluring voice, which is promo code LuchaPod at VeepStitch.co.uk. 20% of all orders, custom gear, ready-made gear, plain gear. Code we use on basket or by directly messaging the VeepStitch Facebook page and creating the discount code. Yeah, seriously, stop doing that voice. No. Hello Voodoo, or Santeria, or however you'd like to be called. How are you? Hello, yeah, not too bad. Good, good. Now, what what should I call you? Because you've been under so many different names in your career, so... I don't know, most people in wrestling just call me Barry, so... But then Sam seems to be coming in more often again now, so I don't care. Like, my wife called me Barry. Okay. She, she knows me from wrestling originally, so... Okay. So I'm just very to her, but yeah, depends. At my last job or job before last, I was very <laughs> just because he knew me through my wife. So, but do you yeah. feel like do you feel like you ever get sort of a personality disorder because you have so many different pseudonyms? No, I don't. Just whatever you want. Uh, Andy Simmons used to call me Malcolm. Because he was convinced I refused to tell him my real name, even though he never asked. 
<laughs> he just used to call me Malcolm. So where did the name Berry come from? Because that's that's the one I've probably heard more often than any other. Uh, my original wrestling gear, my blockbuster wrestling gear, was purple and red. Okay. And the first time I put it on, I just oh, I look like an evil Berry. <laughs> and it stuck. Oh, so that well, was... that's not how I saw that one going. No. If I'm honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> that was what two thousand yeah two thousand two yeah that's crazy yeah, yeah so you've been you've been around the wrestling biz for quite a while then two thousand and two yeah yeah that's craziness so how uh, before we get into I guess all the luchery stuff because obviously lucha wasn't around back then uh, how did it all kind of come about for you I'm guessing like most of us you grew up a wrestling fan yeah uh, I suppose sort of the British wrestling, the world of sports stuff, I don't really remember. I kind of remember my great nan watching it once, but that's it. It wasn't until uh, middle of 91. So I thought the build up to SummerSlam 91, where I actually started watching it. Uh, the uh, WWF, obviously, and then WCW was on in the middle of the night on itb so started watching that as well and yeah watching it well i would say ever since sort of uh, about 94 95 sort of drifted away and then came back into it strong 98 started watching wcw rather than uh, wwf at the time that went on for a few years so if you were so like if you were watching around sort of like ninety one to ninety four, you we did were you one of the ones who got to go see SummerSlam at Wembley or was that a, yes, a no go uh, for you? We missed we missed the first three matches. Okay. So we drove into London, we're driving through London, stopped in traffic. All of a sudden, my dad started swearing, go out the car, kicked a post, broke his toe, and realised he'd left the tickets at home. Oh God. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we drove back home, and then that was, I think, the first time I'd done over 100 miles per hour around the M25. <laughs> and, yeah, we got there, what, third or fourth match? Oh, well, you would have got there in time for the main and for... Uh, oh, yeah, we got uh, there. For, I'm trying to remember the undercard now. That was, uh, Flair was on that card, right? Was Flair uh, and, no, that's, Flair no? was not, Flair turned up during the Macho Man v Ultimate Warrior match. But that was it, yeah. But yeah, we got there. We got there in time for LOD, at least. That was good. Oh yeah, of course, because they came out on the motorcycles, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, that must have been pretty cool, though, because I mean, I I often wonder, like, obviously, if WWE ever came over here and did like a huge event like that again. Obviously, they still come over once a year and do their little tours and whatnot, but it's never some. It's not really a spectacle or anything. It's just yeah. an event. Whereas that must have been like a huge like spectacle to behold like a huge stadium just for wrestling yeah obviously well uh yeah i mean it wasn't like i was used to anything else to be honest i'd gone i'd gone to see wwf once before the year before in wembley arena so that mm. wasn't exactly a small show but i mean these days if a lot especially over here people are used to a lot smaller shows and then something like that would be more of a spectacle. But back then, that just seemed like the norm. But you were there rather than watching it on TV, I guess. So around that sort of around that sort of time, who were like the kind of guys you were watching and like 
really enjoying because I mean if we were to make comparisons based on like your your career and your character I would assume Papa Shango would be in there but I I could be completely wrong yep no not at all (laughs) we'll get to that but I started doing the voodoo gimmick because I like the music okay (laughs) but yeah we'll get to that in a bit I guess um I mean about that time is when we started liking Shawn Michaels but but still hated Sherry, who he was with at the time. <laughs> so couldn't quite like him. Uh, I mean, yeah, obviously liked the Rockers before that. Uh, Macho Man, always big, big fan of Savage. Uh, during the main, I was one of the few people cha- uh, cheering for Hitman rather than Bulldog. Uh, but yeah, sort of, yeah, Mr. Perfect I always loved. Back then, Brutus the Barber Beefcake was always one of my oh, favorites. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that one caught me off guard. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> old, old beefer. Um, <laughs> so, so, kind of going from that then, like, how did, uh, like you say, you sort of dropped out of wrestling for a while and came back into it in, in terms of fandom. Then how did you kind of figure out that it's something you wanted to do? And like, how did you find training schools and things like that? How did that kind of work out? Well, I mean, even back sort of when it we started watching 91, we used to just do it either on the bed or uh, out in the on the concrete randomly. I remember suplexing people on the concrete, just like little rolls and that. But what? Yeah, I know. Yeah, it 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 seems stupid now, but we used to do it. Didn't you listen to the "Don't try this at home" messages? Uh, they they weren't as prominent back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like more attitude era type stuff. Oh, true, uh, true. But yeah, and then we sort of started doing it a bit more. I guess we kind we kind of backyarded once. Just had some mattresses out the back, and my friend jumped off the house. That was fun. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it was two thousand where my friend found uh, an advert for Hammerlock in Kent. Okay. And we went along to that once. And he didn't like it. And, oh, my ankles hurt. So we never went back. Or we didn't go back. And at the time, I couldn't drive. So I was like, oh, I'm stuck. And then about two years years after that, one one week, I was just suddenly, wait a minute. I don't work Sundays anymore, and I can drive. Let's go back to wrestling. And, yeah, that was the 24th of February, 2002. And... Then ever since, been going yeah training. So that was NWA Hammerlock in Kent. And you and, remember uh, the date of that as well. For years, I always remembered that date, but not the date of my first match. But now, yeah, I've I've started looking up a lot of dates and I'm remembering them a bit better. But yeah, uh, it was also the day of. Uh, no way out where the nwo first turned up in the wwf or w- oh yeah the- i i remember that yeah i remember yeah. not having a clue what the nwo was because <laughs> i didn't watch a bit of wcw <laughs> well i, 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 I think that's ramon and diesel well yeah i mean i was born in 92 i didn't really start watching wrestling properly uh, like fully invested until like 2000 and i was only really watching uh like smackdown and raw I think I'd I'd like occasionally would see the odd episode of WCW when my cousins would come round, and 
I didn't know who anyone was, but I do distinctively remember seeing, like, having images of some of the wrestlers. Because I think this kind of goes to, like, what you hear Greg and Gary say a lot of the time about how wrestlers should look like action figures. Because yeah. the only ones from WCW I remember are the ones that had these bright outlandish outfits or just really stood out because of their size. So the ones I remember, and the only reason I know who they are now is because obviously I know who wrestlers are now, uh, and they were Hollywood Hogan, mm. Ultimo uh, Dragon, Sting, yeah. and uh, there was one more. Um, uh, I can't remember who the fourth one was. But yeah, that, that like the ones who really stood out were easy to remember. But other than that, I had no clue what the NWO was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, so like you, so you start training, and then I mean, I know you don't know the date of your first match, but do you have I'm a rough idea now. how long? Uh, oh, you do now, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, 19. It actually mostly remembered it because uh, 19th of October 2002, five years later, I started dating my now wife to the day, five years to the day after that, so 10 years after my first match is when i first won the lucha title and which was my first like proper title and the title so, that you have held more than anyone else i believe yeah i'll just go back to that so oh, we'll come back uh, we'll come back around no yeah well no let's let's just back up it because <laughs> uh what uh it was jerry bakewell right who uh started off by saying glad to know you've run out of guests so you've had to <laughs> dip into the barrel and <laughs> interview him of course that was what two months ago now and, <laughs> i think uh, so since yeah then, since then you've interviewed uh someone that's uh, never actually wrestled for lucha <laughs> or even lucha league and was just a ref once you've you've interviewed rj singh who <laughs> has wrestled once for lucha in the last six years <laughs> and, uh, what, what, what are you trying to say? <laughs> and I'm, I'm saying, yeah, where you've known I've listened since episode one. You know, I've been interested, and here we are, what, nearly a year later, <laughs> and now finally, oh, well, we must have run out of people. We, well, you know okay. what it is though. We, we want to, you know, we want to put the feelers out, and we want, we want people to approach us, you know, because we're the cool kids now. So, uh, yeah, so. You know, I mean, and we we save we save our more esteemed guests for later on. So really, you should be honoured. Oh yeah, so that's why you haven't had a uh, uh, Noir or Dor. Noir is like a staple of the show now. So. Exactly. So, yeah, Cara Noir prestige. basically lives on Lucha Pod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So right, basically, well, yeah. Anyway, carry on. Yep. Well, <laughs> I, I was just, just going to say, I was just going to say, we were saving you for the right moment. That's because yeah. we've got a list of people and you are very high up on that list but we don't want to spunk our wad and get all of the big names up to like all at the same time you see you've yeah, got to spread yeah. them out yeah 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 okay yeah technically you're not <laughs> you're, you're top of the list Gary Vanderhorn, who hasn't wrestled for lucha in over 10 years yeah he's the founder of lucha we <laughs> could like yeah. I mean, you know, he'd have only he'd have only moaned if we didn't get him on yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> if if oh, you're waiting dude. for the right time, surely Halloween would have been the better time to interview me. But yeah, but that, this is it—the element of surprise. They would have expected Halloween. Oh, okay, yeah, That's, yeah. See, yeah. okay, exactly. See, yeah. We, can all, we can always do a little spooky voodoo Santeria segment at Halloween if you yeah. want. Okay, I guess so. It's the <laughs> 
Do you know what? You I've don't sound keen. It's off the table. On, to be honest, I've been avoiding doing any promos or putting the face paint on because I just can't be bothered to do it at home. But that's audio only, so I'm sure I could do that. That's fair enough. <laughs> Bust out the voice and wish everyone a happy Halloween or something. I guess we could work something out. Connor, yeah. write it down. Well, technically, Santa <laughs> doesn't speak, so I keep True. Getting... True. Uh, you you do have K Rod in your corner now, but again, we'll get we'll get to all of that. Uh, yeah. Just a bit. Let's go. Let's go back to your uh, to your early uh, that yes. first match of yours. So, do you remember who it was against and how it kind of how it went, or any memories of it? Uh, yes, because I have the video and it's up on YouTube as well. But uh, it was against Muscles Manfield. I won and then got disqualified for being too fat. Oh no! <laughs> Wait, well, how does that work? Okay. What, what kind it, of crazy I, lucha roll? <laughs> It was a uh, a staple of Hamelot was the super fight, which is like a winner stays on gauntlet. So rather than one person wrestling for everyone, it was literally winner stays on, carry on, and then someone wins at the end. We were the first two, me and Muscle Manfield. I pinned him. It was for number one contendership to the uh, NWA uh, junior heavyweight title. And out, uh, after I win... I got announced as 217 pounds, though the weight limit was 216 pounds. <laughs> I was actually about 250 pounds at the time, but we, we won't mention that either. So then out comes the champion, Magic, uh, who said, oh, you got announced 217. You're too heavy. You've been disqualified. Bring out the next one. And then Muscles Manfield went on to beat like three or four other trainees until other stuff happened. But yeah, so I won my first match, technically. And then went on a year-long losing streak. Oh, God. <laughs> that is the most Luch Britannia thing I've ever heard. Just getting disqualified because you're too fat and then yeah. losing for a year. Yeah. Blinding. That's, okay. That's the, re- that's the reverse Goldberg. That is what you find. <laughs> the reverse Goldberg. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, okay. So, a bit of a, a shaky start, I guess. My, my, the next day, my second ever match, I got accidentally got counted out halfway through the match. So that was good. Accidentally? Did you forget that there was a 10 count? I was just out there like, selling out, talking to my manager, and the referee was counting really quick and really quietly, and suddenly just went, nine, ten! Oh, like, that's the worst, isn't Who it? Who was the ref? Counts too fast. Uh, a wrestler called Mr. Bane. I don't know who that is. No, well, this was 2002, so it was probably before you were born. So. Uh, Ronda I was, was about, 12. Ronda was yeah, about 40 in 2002. <laughs> I'm still 40 as well. <laughs> just, I'm just plateaued at 40. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, okay. So that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting couple of days to start out your wrestling career. Um, yeah, wrestling so that's, seven days in a row, I think it was. Oh, the, the days... That's a that's a cool way of starting, I guess, because I yeah, think a lot like, of people, when you hear how they started in wrestling, a lot of the time it's like, yeah, I had my match after a few months of training or a year of training, whatever it might be, and then they're like, yeah, I had the odd match here and there. So like to go from like your debut match and just be straight in for like a seven day to like, I guess, a, yeah, I don't know if it was a tour or if it was just seven days at the same place. Uh, no, that's pretty. Tour. That's a pretty so cool way used, of doing it. Yeah, they used to do. Um... October half term, they used to run like the entire half term all over the place. And uh, February half term as well, they've done quite a few. I would have actually had my debut in a Rumble at Easter. 
but my boots didn't turn up until the day after, so they didn't let me do oh. it. Uh, that's a shame. So, so you were like thrown in the deep end, essentially. Do you did you feel that you were ready for your debut, or did uh, you kind uh, of work it out in the seven days that you were wrestling? It, yeah, I I don't remember it being that bad. And watching it back, it's not. It's certainly not terrible. I mean, it's not great, obviously, but it was a match. It worked. I didn't fuck anything up. So. It's funny. I, actually, like... I think I think a lot of people. I think you're kind of like me, where a lot because you get. I, I talk to a lot of people about their first match, and everyone's like, "Oh, it was the worst thing in the world," and blah blah blah. And I suppose in the grand scheme of things, compared to like where you are later in your career, your first match is probably quite bad. Yeah. But I I've, I feel kind of the same way as you when I watch my first match back. I I know it's not a great match by any means. It's uh, probably not even. It's probably not even a good match. But but I'm like, you know what? I did okay for someone yeah, having their match. first match. <laughs> yeah. God, we wait exactly. to talk about my first match. Who was your first match? I can't even remember your first match. So like, Greg, Mo- Greg Moses won it. Right, like... <laughs> 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 uh, just an old joke. That's all I wanted. I don't actually care. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm. By the way, I am the oldest person at Lucha, apart from Gary, obviously. <laughs> Enough no, of the old. But I tell you, I tell you what. Barry, you you took um, a lucha. I'm sure it was a lucha session. You took could have been Young Lions, but I feel like it was lucha. No, it wasn't long. Yeah, it would have been lucha. And you, because I I didn't really I, I saw you in the Britannia locker room and stuff. We'd never really spoken, and you were just like, yeah, I don't really know what to do. And you just got up on the top rope and started doing the most insane stuff. <laughs> and I was just like, what is happening? So I don't really think it matters about your age. Like you were smashing it to be fair i still remember you were just doing all this crazy stuff and you were like yeah let's see if i can still do this and then just do like a quartz screw. like cool okay yeah i think was that the uh the confidence building session as i put it when i was well, just getting I, everyone to do bumps off the top rope and stuff. i wasn't confident after watching you to be honest <laughs> if anything i was more nervous yeah well you you've always been like a you know as a bigger guy do you feel like because I I know you could again we we like Ronda uh, Darcy just mentioned there uh, I called you Ronda again fuck's sake That's it, everyone knows uh, <laughs> that was fine. The kayfabe was dead fine. <laughs> oh well um, but yeah like she just said uh, you you're able to do a lot of like stuff that guys your size people wouldn't necessarily think they can do is that something that you kind of early on in your career you were like yeah I I really want to do stuff like that as well or is it more just you know fuck it let's see if I can do it and if I can great if not well fuck it <laughs> yeah I just done it really it was never a case oh you're too big to do that it's just oh let's try this oh that worked like the first time i tried to stand in moonsault i ended up corkscrewing it i was like oh that's like our uh rikishi takes a clothesline quick someone clothesline me and then he clotheslined me in the face and nearly broke my nose <laughs> right. uh, but, uh, uh but yeah it was just one of those things just just try it basically as long as it'll crash mat down do you think because you you obviously started when you were younger and you don't have the fear, if you're like doing moves on concrete and stuff, you don't have that fear. So when you're like later on in your career, you still kind of know everything's going to be fine, really. But if you start later on, you, you're more likely to have that sort of nerve about doing anything crazy. Yeah, I don't know. There was, I mean, I've, I get the feeling 
that I don't have much fear. As long as I like, if it's like, oh, this is unsafe, oh, I'm not going to do it. But you know, I think I'd be fine, like skydiving and bungee jump. I've never done any of them, but I'm sure. Oh yeah, I'd, no, no problem with it. I'm pretty sure. It's just one of those things. Just try it and don't die. True. Yeah. <laughs> That's usually one of my go-to pieces of advice to new <laughs> trainees when they have their debut match. Just don't die. Yeah. Or don't be shit. And don't be shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always a good one. Do you still uh, get nervous when you have a match? Because obviously you've probably uh, had hundreds now. But I'd, I'd say I never get nervous, which is always a problem when I keep hearing people say, oh, as soon as the nerves go, you know it's time to quit. But, <laughs> uh, oh, dear. <laughs> That's good though, because in other, if you're working with someone who's quite nervous, then mm. if you're chill about it, I'm sure you'll make them feel at ease. Well, yeah, well, they probably get more nervous because most of the time my music's playing, I'm still doing my face paint. So. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I've lost count of the amount of times I've seen somebody like who's relatively newish to like the Lucha Britannia locker room and they're booked against Barry. And um, I can just see the nerves in their face because, like, they've already planned that you've already come up with what you want to do. But because you're still like ch you're so chill in that locker room, just taking your time with your makeup and everything. And I can see their faces like, what? Why isn't? <laughs> why aren't we going over this more? And you, because you've got it, you know exactly who you are and what you're doing because you've been doing it so long. But just, I love looking at their little nervous faces. <laughs> God, I feel nervous thinking about it. Yeah, I'm ready like a good two hours before before match. Yeah, well, nah. It's just like I said, I don't like putting the face paint on anymore. When I first when when I first started doing lucha, I was already doing the voodoo gimmick, and Gary's like, "Oh yeah, do that." I was like, "Oh good, I can finally actually do a mask." No, keep the face paint. Don't don't, don't want to do the face paint anymore, Gary. <laughs> it is effort though to put face paint on. I, so I actually just posted yesterday uh, a clip of me doing the Carbs Noir gimmick at Project W the, a couple of years ago. And oh, it gave brilliant. me, you've, you've kind of reminded me now of the, like the whole face paint thing. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I remember that day. So we're running the show as well. Oh, and yeah, I'm like running around trying to do everything. And Tom, and Tom was like, cool, once you've kind of got everything sorted, come upstairs and we'll, uh, we'll, I'll sort out your face paint. So I'm like, all right, cool. So finally, it's time. I go up there, get changed. He does all the makeup and everything for me. And I'm like trying to watch part of the show from like a hidden bit because I don't want anyone to see me because it's meant to be a surprise. But where I'm watching it, there's like a light shining on me. And I'm like moving around a little and I'm sweating. And he can see, and he's just getting so angry at me. <laughs> he's like, fucking sit still. You're making it drip. I don't want to have to keep redoing it. And I was like, <laughs> well, I did tell, because I told him as well. I was like, mate, just can you not just do it like five minutes before we go out or 10 minutes before we go out? Because I do sweat a lot in general. And he was like, no, no, I'll get it done early. And yeah, he was, he was not happy with me. No, and it's upstairs at the gallery is just always stupidly hot. Oh, it was definitely one thing. show where yeah. I had face paint on three times before I went out. It just kept melting off. There's how, only how... one mirror as well, so like everyone's fighting over that mirror. Yeah, and, and there's really how... see. Yeah, no light much anymore either. So, no. how was it for you? Because uh, I know you were. I'm pretty confident you were there the day of the fire, right? Um, I wasn't on that show because the next day was my wedding. Oh, okay. I was so I, 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 I turned up for the second half to watch it. 
Okay. So I mean, I, I knew that the fire had happened. I was like, oh Jesus Christ! But yeah, I wasn't actually on that show. Okay. Yeah, was that was the first show or the first show you went to see? That was the first show I went to see. I was I was going to come later on just to watch, but then like Tom had called me and a couple of other guys and was like, yeah, there's been a fire. Can you guys come help out clean up? So. Yeah, that was the first show I ever got to see, and uh, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> Madness ever since. Um, so now, I guess while we're you know we're on we're already on the topic of lucha now. So, how did Berry and Santeria kind of come to be? I guess at lucha. Okay, so we back up uh, about three years before lucha. Okay. Before I started lucha. Uh, End of summer camps in 2008. I used to do the camp runs uh, with Best of British Wrestling, yep. Steve Rocco, and was mostly Exodus, done Blockbuster a little bit here and there. Uh, and then on the very last day of the camps that year, I was like, oh, there's this random like skull stick that someone bought in the van. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do something different. I'll go back and do the face paint. Because Exodus started off with the face paint quite similar to uh, the uh, voodoo paint before I got the mask. I was like, oh, I'll go back and do that. I'll do something a bit different. I'll do voodoo because I've got the music because I really like the song Voodoo by Godsnack. Mm. And so that's why I've done the gimmick of voodoo. And, yes, I've done that on the last day of the camp. And so, oh, that was fun. Forgot about it completely until the next summer. When I got the phone, oh yeah, come do the camps. Uh, I'm I'm helping out doing now and doing the posters. We want you to do uh, the voodoo gimmick again. I'm like what? So I rushed around, tried to get a gimmick together, bought some like fake skulls and stuff and bones, and started doing that. And then started doing that for a few years, mostly on the camps. Done it on a few shows, and then Gary. Saw, then I eventually came along, started training at Lucha. Because that that's how I used to get all my bookings, just go along to a training school for a couple of sessions. Oh, yeah, we've got shows. Do you want to come and do that? But with Lucha, obviously, it's like, oh, yeah, come and do a couple of months of training, and then we might let you join in our shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Gary's like, oh, yeah, we'll do this, and we've got this idea. It's Santeria, which is, I was originally described as it's basically Mexican voodoo, which it's not nice. really. But it was basically the same gimmick, but yeah, we're a different name. And then that was, uh, I found out recently, my first actual lucha match was at Glastonbury. Okay. I debuted the week before by just coming out, uh, doing a run in on Greg or Metallico even, uh, and then, yeah, but didn't actually have a match until the week later, and it was at actually Glastonbury and the massive uh, ball ring they'd custom-built for various stuff, and we'd done a couple of shows in that. So that was pretty special, I think. Oh, definitely. Like, So who was who was some of the, like, the roster at the time when you kind of started at Lucha? Uh, so there was Metallico, Greg, uh, Transexico was already started, uh, obviously, Leon Britannico, Paul Robinson, uh, Major Lee Rotten, which was Paul Ash. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil Bedwell was doing Bradford W. Bush. 
Uh, who else was there? Oh, uh, Styx was doing Necrosis at the time. Oh, wow, okay. So obviously I tagged up with him. Uh, Max Angelus was there. He was doing... I think he was doing a fire demon, but he was also just doing the model, Max Angelus. So again, I don't know if people even know who he is anymore. Um, Ross was there doing Tiger. That was about it, probably. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a pretty, you know, in, like interesting roster in terms of just names alone. Like, there's yeah. a lot of names on that list that I think most oh, people uh, will have heard of. Yeah, Terry Fraser was still there doing Piranha. Okay. Ah, oh, yeah, Piranha, the uh, the ever-changing Piranha, as yes. I like to call it. <laughs> I, I often like telling Bo how he's the third best Piranha. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like, they, like said, they, they all do the exact same promo. Yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> well, I, actually, to be fair, the main thing I say to Bo is how he does uh, the worst accent for the Piranha I've ever heard. Yeah, but he, he makes a gimmick out of it now. Yeah, now, now that he, when he started doing that, it got really good. <laughs> but before that, when he was legit just trying to do the accent, ah, yeah. oh, it was it was there. I could I didn't know what he was what accent he was trying to do. <laughs> yeah, some, like, some of the Mexican accents are brilliant. <laughs> oh, they're amazing. That Ombre del Rocca guy's got the best one. Um, uh... Uh, it's just just wonderful. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, like I said, like that's a that's a very sort of uh, I'd say I guess well known roster of talent across like the British wrestling scene mm. uh, for that time. Um, so you've kind of like you've seen everyone kind of come and go, I guess at Lucha. You've you've been there for kind of everyone. I know you've had like little uh, spurts in and out as well. Um, so like out of all like all these sort of times. And I know it's probably going to be quite hard to pinpoint one. Is there any particular point in time at Lucha that you feel like that's like just your favourite time from be from being there? Um, sort of a little after that. So that was yeah, two thousand and eleven. So sort of two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen was probably my favourite sort of period. Mostly because I was wrestling Paul Robinson and Dawkins a lot. Okay, well, it's 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 funny actually because like those guys, uh, um, like when we had Will on and when we had Tom on, I know you've probably heard because you would, like you said, you've been listening to the pod. Um, but like the the main word that they've all kind of used to describe you is very giving when it comes to being in the ring. Um, yeah. Because like we kind of mentioned earlier, you're a bigger guy, and a lot generally in wrestling, the bigger guys don't give a lot to the small guys you have to like earn the bumps and uh you have to you know they're not going to really bump around for the smaller guys a lot or take a lot of the kind of crazy moves whereas the general consensus for you is that you do give them probably more than you know they feel like they deserve which in their minds has obviously helped them a lot um is there do you think were you kind of aware that you were being very giving with them or is it just it just kind of felt natural maybe how what was that kind of like for you that process I just like doing moves. I'm taking moves, I guess. I've been uh Dan Reed always used to have a go at me for taking too many bumps. I was like, oh, I don't care. Uh but yeah, because yeah, Osprey obviously said I was the first one that was willing to do spots. And my favourite one is fucking Callum Newman claiming I'm the reason he's a spot spot monkey. <laughs> I don't know how to take that. <laughs> I think it's a compliment. 
Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's a compliment. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be fair, you mentioned Callum. I'll, I'll still never forget that day. Me, you, Callum, and Will were in the ring, and you crotching yourself on the ropes. And once again, it was on purpose. It was. Mm, I don't believe spots. you. <laughs> I don't I'll believe you. I'll find video of me doing it. I used to do it all the time. It's a blockbuster spot. Mate, honestly, to, uh, until you messaged me and told me that you did it on purpose, I genuinely thought it was an accident. I thought <laughs> you, you, if it was, if you genuinely did that on purpose, then you worked me beautifully. Well, since then. Uh... Marky brought it up randomly on Facebook, and I'm pretty sure I tagged you in it to prove it. It was one of my spots. Well, I, okay. Well, I believe you now, but I didn't believe you at the time. <laughs> <laughs> it, you were very convincing. I think that speaks a lot to how good of a worker you are. That is nothing to be offended about. Well, yeah. That's, um, I used to, the the UKFF used to hate me, right? Just especially as blockbuster. And what people were telling me, it's like, because, I mean, the blockbuster gimmick was basically, imagine Eugene, but he wasn't uh, what mentally handicapped or whatever the PC term would be. He was just a fucking idiot. <laughs> so, yeah, just used to do all the tribute stuff and was just a really bad wrestler. But to quote... Whoever is Woody Harrelson in White Men Can't Jump. It's hard goddamn work to make something this pretty look like a chump. <laughs> it might be well, paraphrasing, but yeah. Yeah. It's it's hard to wrestle badly, as they say, sometimes. And other well, times it's just really easy. Yeah, well, I was about to say not for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen some, I've seen some pretty bad wrestling in my time. Oh yeah, uh, I've watched a lot of Dar Darcy Stone. Matches. Yeah, there it is. I was waiting for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I thought I'd get in there quick. I felt like someone was going to throw my name in there soon, so I was like, no, I'll get in there first. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, we mentioned earlier, you are the you have you hold the record for the most reigns. Uh, Lucha Britannia champion. I'm pretty five. certain I'm right. That it's yeah, five, five, right? Times. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. How does yeah. that make you feel? Any any which way, or is that another? Uh, is that one of those things that it's like the first one was really important, but then after that it becomes a bit like, yeah, cool. I've done it now. I'm just glad I've got more than Cassius, really. <laughs> oh, mate, he, he's coming for That's you. Nice. I know, yeah. yeah. I'm certain every time he sees you walk in a room, he like I see his little eyes just like dagger <laughs> over like I'm coming. <laughs> we always say that he's the 18-time World Luch Britannia champion. Yeah. <laughs> and I was the first one he beat for it. He was, he was. Yeah. yeah, that's another example of your givingness right there. In a uh, what thirty second squash? Yep. <laughs> that hang on. So that was after that was you. You'd wrestled Freddie earlier that night, right? Probably that was about the time I, I was wrestling Freddie a lot. Yeah, I think I remember Including this, the yeah. time where I lost the title to him, and he didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I can't yeah. remember that as well. Yeah. Oh dear. Well, your most recent reign was last year, though, right? Yes, October. I'm pretty sure that was my stupidly busy day. 
where I'd done a show for WrestleForce. Right. Uh, drove in gimmick from somewhere out North London. Like, uh, I don't know where it was. Somewhere out North London-ish to the gallery. Done a run in, beat up uh, Disco Inferno. Disco Inferno? Yeah, didn't sound right. Yeah, Inferno was uh, WCW. <laughs> yeah, of course it was. Yes, beat up Disco Diablo. Uh, came back later. Uh, beat up uh, Trifidos. Yep. Uh, yep. Who was looking, you know, a bit shorter and fatter than usual but i i thought he was looking a bit more like roidy than usual if anything oh, was that yeah that's what it was than usual to be fair well he had he had that roidy belly going on that uh, that like <coughs> 80s wrestler roidy belly as i like oh, to call that, yeah okay yeah. well still pinned him in about 10 seconds that's all right no one cared about him anyway yeah exactly <laughs> uh <laughs> and then wrestled uh man and uh, lost the belt to him. Oh, uh, yeah, because that was the day, that was your one day reign, right? Yes, well, my sort of like if uh, one hour reign. reign, yeah, 20 minute reign. Oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, it still counts though, still five yeah, exactly. times champ. So there you go. Uh, and then after that, I went and done a, another show. Bloody hell. Oh, yeah, actually, yes, I do right. remember this. I remember you, you had to go somewhere like straight after. And it was like, yep. I was really confused about who would do a show at like midnight. Uh, it was a tonteria. So it's like a nightclub. They used to do weekly shows. Uh, Charlie Raves used to run it back in the day. And then Jody Fleisch took it over more recently. And you just basically come out and do like a two minute sort of spot on the dance floor in front of drunk rich people. Easy, easy work. Yeah. It sounds a lot like a late night barrio bar gig. Yeah, basically. It, <laughs> that's why I went, because I was doing that before I'd done barrio. And then I was like, oh, it's the same sort of thing. I might have done barrio the day after that, in fact. Okay. So that was a good, my first barrio was the next day. So that was yeah. a busy week. Yeah, that barrio yeah, gig's always fun. Yeah. And then no no more, unfortunately. No. Changed uh... Yeah, it's all all to be continued now. Yeah. <laughs> so when uh, when wrestling kind of does start back up again, uh, is there anything in particular you've kind of got in mind that you want to do or that you would like to do, or you just kind of just want to get back to like what you were doing before? Like, what sort of uh, what sort of ideas as uh, is up in the brain of old Barry? Well, I've been doing this gimmick on the. Voodoo Facebook and Instagram and that, where just babbling shit every day, basically, with just like written picture post thing. Yeah, your and, Instagram um, is pretty good though, because you do, you post quite a lot of stuff in, in gimmick on that, don't you? Literally 7 a.m. every day yeah. for two months now, apart from the week where I missed. But uh, yeah, and so that I don't. I don't. Basically, I started doing that just to put some content out. We, like I said, without having to put the face paint on. <laughs> uh, so that I'm just bubbling, babbling shit and making stuff up as I go along. But it's given me some ideas, and me and uh, Crowd are gonna sort of 
work out the backstory behind the whole Santeria gimmick a bit more. Okay. Without, because at first, because he actually done a lot of research on <laughs> the religion of Santeria. Mm-hmm. And in the end, I was like, uh, probably not best to bring real religion into it. Especially because another thing I've been thinking, the whole voodoo and sanitary thing, it's basically cultural appropriation. So I've been having a bit of worry about that. But I think as long as you you make it your own and you're not, as you say, like bringing the real Santeria religion yeah, into exactly. it that's and you're not... you're homaging it and you're not directly stealing from it. I think it's totally fine. Yeah, that's personally what I'm hoping. <laughs> but uh yeah so i'm just yeah need to make new gear well, that's happening soon but well, in, that, just carrying on well in terms of like the character sort of side of things because uh i mentioned to you earlier like uh so like when we have whenever we do have tom on and stuff he likes to you know uh, he's often said on not even just on ours but on like in other interviews and things he often says like tom dawkins is the person and Cara Noir is, is literally just the character. Cara Noir doesn't talk, things like that. And I know, obviously, you mentioned Santeria slash Voodoo doesn't is, doesn't really talk either, um, or is it or isn't meant to? Or is, is it? Sorry, Santeria isn't now. meant to. Santeria oh, does. does now. Just shouts uh, Dunga, whatever the fuck. Okay. It is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like for you though, because I I know. Some some guys again like Tom kind of they take a minute before they go out to kind of get into like that sort of zone I guess is is there a thing like that for you is it like an on and off switch or do you like do you consider yourself a method actor I guess is the question I'm asking you or um, um, I don't know natural? if method actor is the right word but yes it it only dawned on me once at training with Gary uh, when Hoovy was there. Yes, I, I think I know exactly what you're about to talk about. Yeah, carry, sorry, carry on. Yeah, done something, and who was like, well, where was the Santeria? Where was the monsterness? Why, why didn't you do that properly? I was just like, uh, and Gary stepped in. He was like, oh, he's more of like a method actor, and he, when the face paint goes on and all that, he does it. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's probably right. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually remember being there for that. I, I completely forgot about that story. But, yeah, no, I remember... Uh, I remember, yeah, you got in there and you looked, you looked a bit confused as to why you were, you, even you were a bit like, why aren't I firing up? Like, what's, going, yeah. what's going on here? But yeah, that's why I always thought if I'm doing anything at training, I sort of revert to Blockbuster, if anything. Because Exodus was always in the mask, Voodoo's in the pain. So, yeah, it's just, it's just putting the mask on or the paint on, really. It's just, there's just- no real switch. Would you say it's kind of like it's it's a bit of a shield? Uh, because I've always found that uh, like doing masks and stuff, like you kind of feel a bit protected by it because it's like no one. I mean, I, I suppose it's different with face paint because it's easier to see who's who and whatnot. But with a mask, you can't really tell who people can't see who you are. So you can kind of you feel like you can kind of get away with more, and you feel like you're not yourself. Do you feel like that when you put the face paint on, or for the masks with Exodus? I, I think subconsciously, yes. It's not really anything I properly think of and go, oh, now I'm like hidden or what, whatever. And like I said, I was doing blockbuster enough, and but that was all, that never went well. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I guess so, but like not consciously. 
Cool. Um, okay. So as uh, we're going to probably wrap up in a little while, but I know uh, I know Rhonda's got a little game, uh, little game oh, for you to play. Oh, I love the game. I love the game. Um, okay. To play the game. Sorry, I'm I'm singing now. Is <laughs> that what that was? Oh. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, know, did you not like it? Just don't. I'm gonna. You know what? I genuinely think we need a singing segment on this show. I mean, I'll definitely front that because I am the voice of this whole podcast. <laughs> I have a voice like an angel. Moving swiftly on. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna sing all these questions. I'm not. Um. All right. Sam, Berry, Voodoo, Santeria, Blockbuster, etc. Um. I'm gonna ask you. Uh, I'm basically going to give you two things to choose from and I don't want you to think about it I just want you to say what you think so it's like a this or that sort of thing Um, so I where should I start I'll start with Luke Britannia (coughs) so who would you rather have a title match against El Piranha or Trifidos Piranha new Piranha yeah yeah Okay. Do you want me to expand at all? Or we just yeah, yeah, do it. Why not? Uh, well, I've wrestled uh, the guy behind the mask, Kayfabe, Kayfabe, a couple of times at WrestleForce, and that's always been pretty fun. So, yeah, and he hit me with a chair once at Lucha, and I put me out for two months. So, yeah. Oh, yes. oh, there's heat there already. I, I like <laughs> it. I like it. We've got a storyline, guys. Yeah. <laughs> that involves me turning face, which has been threatened a few times, but never actually happened at least. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, okay. Disco yeah. Diablo or El Rey Anse? Oh, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Disco, obviously, because he's got the title and I need a sick frame. Uh, but I've been wanting to do something with El Ray for a while now. Yeah. It's just never come up. So, yeah, I really oh. want to wrestle. Gary, if you're listening, there's a little... Uh... He's not listening. Don't be silly. <laughs> I don't know. I reckon, I reckon he does listen. I reckon he does listen. Oh, the soul-shattering truth. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favourite bit, probably my favourite bit of the podcast so far, when... Uh, Jerry Bakewell mentioned that he liked to, he's glad to be on a podcast where he can name every single listener. Wow, sort in the wounds. That one hurt me at the time as well, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, is there any point in continuing? <laughs> I will, because I've written a load of these yeah, down. I'm not going to let them go to waste. <laughs> okay, um, talking i'm talking current gimmicks so yep. dark botanico or light botanico who the hell's light botanico yeah what the fuck what show do you go to you mean pure <laughs> pure oh my god pure botanico yes oh pure botanico Gar- don't, Gary is don't, don't even watch the product oh you know i've been away for a while anyway pure botanico or dark botanico you are you are the vince russo of lucha you don't even watch the product (laughs) dare you how dare you um well i've wrestled pure botanico this pure botanico um and i feel i need to give him a proper big man little man match that he wanted but that doesn't work as well with 
a heel little man. So it'd have to be pure Botanica again, I guess. You could do some crazy flips in that as well. Yeah, we, we've, we've done some fun stuff. Including a fall away into the wall, which is one of my favourite things ever. Lovely. Oh, actually, before, before you carry on with the game, and I can't believe we've actually gone this long without mentioning this. So for anybody listening who might not know, uh, the famous wall against the ring of Lu- <laughs> in Lucha Britannia that has somehow withstood I, I don't understand. I don't know. This, I don't understand. This wall has taken more beatings than like every jobber in the world combined. Like it has taken every move. It's like had people thrown headfirst into it. Like you just said, fall away, slammed into it. Uh, I've seen people drop kicked into it. Like any move you can think of to like, get thrown into a wall in some sh- way, shape, or form, it's taken it. And somehow this weird-looking flimsy wall <laughs> is still standing. And I know you're one of the main uh, protagonists, is it protagonist or antagonist, whatever, antagonist. of trying, trying to get this wall to fall. Yeah, me, um, me and Tom went through a period of trying to break the wall, and then it came a time when it was only Tom was allowed to do wall spots. Oh no! Yeah, I, do I am remember, surprised. I do remember that? I remember like almost every month at Lucha turning up, and then you just hear Tom go, "No one touched the wall." <laughs> <laughs> All right, can we do wrist locks? No. Uh, sorry, carry on with your game. Yes, carry on. Blind. Okay. <laughs> uh, where was I? Okay. Cassius or Freddie Mercurio? Cassius. Oh, straight in. Yeah. What? Why would you pick him? Because fuck Freddie. Fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know Freddie listens as well, so uh, I'm sure he heard that loud and clear. He's one of our. Two oh no! Listeners. Wait, wait. He might. He might be getting me a booking in Canada. Hello, Freddie. <laughs> he would like to uh, re- retract his previous statement. <laughs> uh oh yeah. So in in Canada, if it's in Canada, then definitely Freddie. But yeah. Uh, no, I, I really like wrestling Cassius. So, I mean, Freddie was fun at times, but Cassius is right up there. My favourite opponents, probably. I think that's a really good dynamic as well. Like this big brooding, broody mm. guy versus just Cassius. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to head out of uh, Lucha Britannia now. And I'm mm. um, adding this one just because you completely shut on the podcast earlier. But RJ Singh or Jerry Bakewell? I don't, oh, I've never had a singles with Jerry. I've obviously done a few tags when he was doing the proper job a gimmick with him and uh... Stakely. Stakely, yeah. I couldn't remember his name for a minute. There. <laughs> so long. That's all right. Apparently, uh, according to Jerry, he's died anyway, so it's fine. Yeah, well, I, I may have see, seen him a couple of times last year, or thought I did. <laughs> I think Stakely's dead officially. Uh I think I could do something fun with Jerry. I, if, so you've never had a singles? Not with Jerry, no, certainly mm, not. I'd quite like well, to see that. I've done quite. I've done a few with uh, RJ. Uh, the last one I don't think quite clicked properly. Why was that? I don't know. I can't remember. I think it was the audience. To be fair, they were sort of the weird crowd. Mm. We've done their wrestle force and. But uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I've, I've wrestled Ross quite a few times. But yeah, I'll, I'll say Jerry, just for something new. Nice, nice. Okay. Uh, we've only got four more. Jodie Fleisch or Donnie Storm? Uh, Jodie Fleisch. <laughs> I thought you might say that. Because I have never wrestled him. I've done one uh, 30 second spot in uh, a nightclub with him, and that was it. Uh, and Johnny, I've wrestled about a billion times doing the exact same match every single time. I, I have a sub question regarding that. Um, has Johnny Storm ever taken a bump for you? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. There you go. In fact, my Blue Thunder driver, I started calling the Stormbreaker because I, <laughs> oh, it hurt my back. <laughs> and then, oh, I'd done a show a week after it. My back was hurting. So I took a bump and turned around and landed on my thumb and broke my thumb. So that's your fault. <laughs> You know what, I'm going to have to get Johnny on here one day because I've heard so many brilliant stories about Johnny and not liking bumping and things like that. And I've seen it as well. But he's, I'm going to have to try and get him on here and see if he can defend his... Uh, his his back bumps. His Front bumps is fine. The, the most annoying thing with Johnny <laughs> is he's not lazy. But if you put him on with Jody, he does the most amazing, amazing match ever. If you put him on with almost anyone else, it's just the same generic stuff, which is all good because he's, he's done it a billion times. But, yeah, he can still do amazing stuff. He just doesn't. That's and, fair. yeah, hate back bumps. Don't slam, Don't try and slam. Trying and slam Johnny is always fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember, I remember seeing it on the camps. I think, uh, I think I grabbed him once because we were working against each other in a tag. I think I grabbed him, like, to go for a slam, and he just, like... S slipped down my back and went, nope. <laughs> you usually shout, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, it could have been that, to be fair. Yeah. Oh, dear. Um, I, I had a match with him at, I think it was Battle Pro, and it was a six-man tag, and I was doing the the shine and the comeback, and he, someone was like, who wants to take the heat? And he was like, well, I'm definitely not taking it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Classic Johnny. Yeah, but yeah, I've never wrestled Jody and really want to. I'd see that. I'd like to see that. That'd be good. All right, two more. And these ones you really can't think about. You just have to say it. The first one, okay? Gary. Gary. <laughs> you knew it. Yeah, that was that was obvious. <laughs> Straight in with the Gary Van Horn. That's because you think he's listening now, isn't it? <laughs> no, I know he's not listening. So <laughs> I don't want to pump up his ego anymore. All right, last one. Okay. Malik or Hombra do Rocca? Did you say Hombra? Yeah, what the fuck? Hombre, hombre. You really Rocca. are the Vince Russo of Lucha. You just you <laughs> don't watch the products. You don't understand the gimmicks. Just get I in the I have been away for a year, okay? Ah, oh, this is a trope. You interviewed the man a few weeks ago. I have no respect for him. Ah, oh, just uh, I apologise, Barry, for the unprofessionalness of my co-host. Um, she meant to say Malik or Hombre del Roca. Uh, well, let's just say not Malik. Oh, really? <laughs> You're probably the only guest to ever pick anyone other than Malik. Well, that brings me to uh, last week's pod with uh, Bacon Junior. 
went into business for himself a bit and I'm going to do the same. <laughs> so, I mean, now, so now it's time for another edition of... Malik Mysteries. Malik Mysteries. Malik Mysteries. Oh, Malik. So, two weeks ago, Costa asked some question about Malik uh, beating up someone on the streets of Belgium. Was it true? Yes, of course it's true. They're all true. That's the point. So, well, this week... I'm doing kayfabe, a little bit of kayfabe, okay? Well, hang on now. You're just, just ruining the whole segment. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't know. I don't write this shit. <laughs> Does anyone write this shit, or is it just a lie? We have no idea what we're doing. Anyway. anyway. Carry on. So, this week's question. Yeah, I'd say about the end of April this year, Malik asked... Uh, a uh, unnamed third party to talk to a designer and get a t-shirt design for a uh, charity t-shirt for the NHS. The designer went and spent quite a bit of time designing this t-shirt, then uh, gave it to the third party, who then got back to him and said, oh, Malik says uh, he's got someone else to do a design now, so uh, yeah, he doesn't want it. And then this other design never appeared. Now, was this true? Did this really happen? Ah, oh, that's classic Malik, though, isn't it? Yeah. Classic. Did, did Malik make me do a load of work to design a T-shirt and then not want it because he got someone else to design a T-shirt, but then never put out said T-shirt? <laughs> wow. It's just Malik not following through with anything. <laughs> this is just typical Malik, to be honest with you. That's not even a mystery. I really like that song. Oh, mate. Just put it out out anyway. Just fuck him. Well, yeah, I was thinking, can I make it into someone else? Oh, no, I can't. And I was like, oh, I could just change it to get rid of the COVID shit and just put, oh, heavy hitter and have him punching that. And be, yeah, that'll be. I was like, no, fuck him. I'm not doing any more work. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, or or did I? Yeah. Who knows? Talking about. Well, we'll put that to the, the list. Oh, I see I also want to say uh, we could do a poll for it, unlike last uh, two weeks ago where you still haven't put a poll up. Uh, excuse me, so, I have. I put one up yesterday. Did you wear? It's on Instagram. Oh, okay. That's the one place I didn't check. Wow, <laughs> well, there you that's, go. That's see? on you, I'm afraid. Yeah, I, well, I, I checked Facebook and Twitter because you can't do polls on Facebook anymore, which is really you, annoying. Well, this was the thing. You can. So that that's why there wasn't one uh, because you can do it. And I was trying really hard last night to put one up. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, it was just playing up and it just kept saying that there was an error. So in the end, I just gave up and just stuck with Instagram. Okay. Uh, but I can you... actually tell you that one from two weeks ago. I've got it here. Just bear with me one second. Eighty-six uh, percent of uh, voters do believe that that is true. And yes, uh, Barry is right that uh, Malik did indeed chase a man through the streets <laughs> of Belgium for trying to steal his Range Rover, and uh, he dished out his own brand of Malik-sized punishment. <laughs> I feel I like we need know. a new segment now. It's just all gone to shit. <laughs> um, I mean, maybe. <laughs> I think it'll be fine. Um, um, talking about your T-shirt designs, because mm-hmm. you've designed quite a few, haven't you? And you now have your own 
t-shirts available at i'm gonna do a self plug fuck yeah. it you have uh some vd t-shirts available at on the gear.co.uk yes which i want you to take down quite shortly really are you gonna do some new uh, ones basically i'm the idea is i'm gonna just do all centuria t-shirts oh, on the gear Brilliant. Which are going to be almost identical, except for, say, Santeria instead of Voodoo. Perfect. Because I've got my Voodoo stuff up somewhere else. Great. Okay, so we'll we'll have a little chat yeah, after we'll chat this. Later. So, uh, but basically, I've got in my head an idea for about 10 new Voodoo slash Santeria t-shirts. I just haven't got the time to do them. Because you're too busy doing Malik's ones that never materialise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh mate, I can't wait to see you versus Malik when this is now. <laughs> That's the match I want to see. Oh, we've got uh, a full card here of stuff we can do now. Fucking hell. Are you, are you all right? Yeah, now I've got pirates falling from the ceiling. Okay. As, as you do. As you do. <laughs> it, it happens. Oh, dear. Well, I think that's pretty much us done. Yeah, I, think that's, yeah. I think that's all the all the questions that uh, Darcy had for you. Um, the pirates are coming down now, so we'll leave you to, uh, to <laughs> battle the swashbucklers. Um, yeah, anything uh, anything else you'd like to plug before you uh, before you get on with your day? Uh, not really. Everything is Voodoo Wrestler. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Though I don't use the Twitter. Well, I don't use any of them really. It's, they're all just copied off of the Instagram at the moment. Uh, I do have a Santeria Lucha on Twitter, but I definitely don't use that one at the moment. Uh, so, yeah, Voodoo Wrestler, website coming soon. Very nice. Well, Perfect. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me eventually. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, like I said, we, we were doing – it's a slow build. We're telling a story, Barry. Okay, so where are you going after me then? Who's bigger um, than me then? What are you saying? I'm just small fry now. I mean, we no, can't no, tell no, that's you that. No, that's not, what, that's not what I said at all. That is not what I said. I said it's all about variation and variety and like going up and down and uh, dips and dabs and words and things. Yeah, that's exactly what you said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I can actually reveal who we've got for next week's episode. Uh, uh, two, weeks two weeks' time. Uh, two you weeks' time. Me. Oh, yeah, sorry, yes, I forgot about that. Uh, God, I feel so, like yeah. you should be running this, Barry. You know it more than we do. He does know so, it I listen every, we every week. Or Biggest two... fan, love it. He is our number one fan. Um, <laughs> and by I number have been one, planning I mean, on doing his you some, I've been planning on doing you some more uh, jingle things, but I just ah, haven't okay. got around to it. No, no, oh. no, no rush at all. If, 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 if you can, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, um, I But, uh, yes, our next guest in two weeks' time... Uh, is actually our first guest with pretty much as almost zero affiliation with Lucha, um, apart from a one-off uh, appearance as a, a referee. Um, this is Zach Knight. Mm. Yeah, there you go. That'll be a good one. Mm -hmm. It will be indeed. I'll be talking to him soon, and that'll be out in two weeks. Uh, but in the meantime, like we said, thanks a lot for being on the pod. Thanks for coming up with the... Uh, the Malik Mysteries tune jingle that we do use. Um, and, yeah, stay safe, mate. Yeah, yeah. don't die, as you said. <laughs> oh, you you never brought up Judge Rinder. 
Uh, okay, oh, real quick. Yeah. We need to do the. We need to do. Okay, oh, no. okay. So for anybody else who's listening, at the beginning of this, like when we started recording, before like it, it wasn't in here earlier, but <laughs> Darcy specifically said I have to bring up Judge Rinder, and that's the one thing she forgot. Vince I'm Russo so continues. <laughs> what 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 a um what thing to end on though? So I can't remember if you posted something on socials, but. I was like fascinated with it, and it was appearance of you in a court with Judge Rinder of all people over a wrestling injury. So please, like, tell it in your own words. Tell me exactly what happened because it was fascinating to watch. Okay, so going back to my Lucha Britannia debut at uh, Glastonbury, that was on the Thursday. We done another show on the Saturday and another one there on Sunday. On the Monday. I went into London to film a appearance on Chris Moyle's Quiz Night, uh, which had one of the guests was Chris Tarrant. And they showed a bit where he'd done some wrestling back in the 70s or 80s a little bit. And said, ah, oh, so now we're going to do some wrestling now. And we want you to say, what is the name of this move? And then me and Steve Morocco came out and uh, I'd done a pump handle slam on him. Uh, earlier in the day, they brought out some tiny little crappy judo mats for us to do it on. And the first time we done it, he hurt his back. And was like, oh, and the mats do nothing. We'll just do it on the bare stage, and it will look better. It'll be more impressive, and it's fine. But his back started playing him up, and he had to take some time off the camps after that. Okay. Uh, fast forward a few years after that. And I get a phone call uh, about, do you want to go on Judge Rinder about it? I'm like, yeah, fine. Am I, do, am I breaking the full kayfabe of Judge Rinder here? Am I giving everyone the, the inside scoop? Do I it. mean, <laughs> I, I'm, I wouldn't, I'm not going to cry about it if you give too much inside <laughs> scoops. But I don't know how offended Judge Rinder will be. It'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, I know Judge Rinder is one of our other main listeners, so uh, one, one of the eight. One of the eight. Yeah. <laughs> there's two. There's two people in Texas. Yeah. Me, Marky, maybe Gary, and uh, Judge Rinder. That's and Judge Rinder. <laughs> yep, that's us. Okay. The deal with Judge Rinder is he is a proper judge. But it's not a proper courtroom. So mm -hmm. they can't uphold any of the stuff they put in. So basically, if you lose and lose the money, they pay it. Right. So it was Steve Morocco phoned me up and said, do you want to go and judge Rinder? Because they asked him, they phoned him up or got contacted him somehow and was all like, oh, do you want to put some wrestling stuff in? And then found out about his bad back and all this oh we'll get you on it and we'll do this and so like, okay i'll ask if he wants to i said yeah sure so went to do it uh the day before i had food poisoning and i also had to go and do a speed awareness course so that was a fun day <laughs> then get the train up to liverpool feel like utter crap go to sleep early so I missed the phone call I was going to have with Steve where we discuss our game plan. So instead, we just go in cold and 
the whole time the Judd Rinder people had been talking to both of us and they knew it was a work, basically. Mm-hmm. And that we went and done it. Uh, went for it all. And basically I fucked up and got found not guilty. Oh, so, was it meant it, to be the other way? Well, I mean, they didn't care. But me and if I'd been found guilty, they would have given Steve like five grand. Oh my god! And then we would have split the money, but uh, no. but I was I was, yeah. They like got found not guilty. Didn't give us any money. Then they done a little backstage bit afterward. You come through straight out the courtroom and like say, oh, what do you have to feel about that? Steve cut a promo that scared everyone. <laughs> so they literally took took us apart and put us. Oh, Opposite ends of the building were like, it's okay, you'll be fine over here. Oh, was, that really nearly kicked off. I'm like, just cut a promo, whatever. <laughs> so you, you sent me that and I was absolutely dying because, like, it was clearly a promo, but you could yeah. see, like, all the people around going, uh. Yeah, the security guard's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> but, yeah. So, all in all, yeah, it was a fun little bit. Just I, another day in the life yeah, of Voodoo. I, I phoned in sick to work. Oh, I've sprained my ankle. So I didn't go into work and uh, went up and filmed that. Good. I, I think I was most shocked about seeing you in a suit. Oh, I wear suit. Like... <laughs> I mean, didn't I say that? Voodoo, wear, wrestle, Santa Maria wrestles in suits. Yeah, but it's not the same, is it? Yeah, I know. And then I believe I sent you a picture of me in a mask in a tuxedo. You did. You did actually send me all the clips. And I'm wondering if we yeah. can actually post them from the Lucha pods. Yeah, most of them are all like on my YouTube, so I'll give you the links. And you can yeah, that'd be great. People need to see this because it is brilliant. So, <laughs> yeah, thank you for sending me them. Yeah. Right, so we've done the Judge Rinder, the one thing I said I wanted to and forgot. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, thank you for that, Russo. Um, <laughs> you're never living this down now. No. Um, yeah, cool. <laughs> Oh dear, yeah, we're we're shambles. Um, cool, yeah. I suppose we'll just seamlessly say goodbye again. Yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you uh, for having me. Eventually, again. Yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, uh, blah. Dips and dips and rises, and yeah, blah blah. Come back in two weeks for Zach Knight. Yeah.